if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. At Horse Chats today, we've got the pleasure again of having Christoph Hess on our show. Christoph's been on a couple of times before, and I'm sure he needs no introduction to the equestrian world. You know, he's had a long career with horses, and we've talked about that in his previous two chats, and delighted to have him on today. So even in retirement, he comes back very generous with his time and his knowledge to talk to us all about horses. So before I introduce Christoph again, I'd just like to remind you that today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College, and their vision is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect, and enjoy their horses and the horses appreciate, respect, and enjoy their people. Have a look now, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Now, Christoph, are you there today? Thank you much. Yes. As you know, in Germany, we are, I think, nine hours behind your time, and now, yeah, the day starts. It's in Germany, eight o'clock, and uh, it's not dark, but it's become bright. And yeah, night is over, day starts, week starts, and I hope everything is good. But we have uh, true problems with Corona, with the pandemic, and that's a problem all over the world, especially now in Europe and North America, the North Hemisphere. And yeah. We'll see how it works. Therefore, there's a restriction. We have to wear masks and uh, no alcohol and not stay long in pubs and so on. Also, quite a few um, restrictions, and we'll see how it works and that we get uh, not too many people who will get this virus again. That's uh, the situation looking from today's point of view. Okay. Thank you for that update, Christoph. Now, today's going to be about improving competition results. Tell us about the competitions there. Are you able to compete? What's the restrictions or what's the um, the general idea about having competitions? Yeah, that's, that's a, a, a true problem. And I have a little bit of contact with some writers in Australia as well, and they have the same problems. They know that uh, the season will start. Uh, but looking from Europeans, the U.S.'s point of view, uh, everything starts, but without spectators. So, uh, everything is very well organized so that uh, people uh, don't come close together. Uh, but this is in, in the horse industry possible because the guy is on the horse and he's far away from other people. So that works, and riders don't have to wear masks only in prize givings and special prize giving ceremonies, mainly or very often without horses, uh, which is looking from the horse's point of view sometimes better than uh, have a prize giving with horses. But uh, looking now from the trainers and coaches and uh, riding instructors' point of view, um, it's quite interesting how the rider and the horses reaction will be when they now start after a long period in competitions again, especially in Australia, after a season without competitions or a longer time in the year without competition, now the season, the competition season starts slowly again, 
And I think it's very important that um, the riders, um, yeah, uh, practice at home. It's not to go to a competition without practice. And when you have no competitions, you can't practice tests. If you are show jumping rider uh, to ride some show jumping courses, well, therefore it's good when you have the opportunity as a rider to ride in different places uh, or to go to clinics to have different um, uh, um, venues in which you are schooling your horse. It's good because then also see, okay, uh, there is more than just my home uh, dressage arena or show jumping ground. And the other thing is, if you don't have the opportunity to go to other places, then it's good when you um, write tests at home and uh, the tests you have to write at the weekend as well in competitions and to do it more than one time. And um, yeah, very good is if you say, okay, tomorrow at 12 o'clock I write the test because part of it is um, the way how you are uh, training the horse before you write this test and uh, the way how you um, how much time you need which uh, kind of exercises you write and so on therefore it's very important to do it with a little bit i would say with a positive pressure you need it a little bit and if you have a, a possibility that a judge maybe in your riding club uh, or in your venue uh, has time then maybe you ask him or her uh, to sit there on the ch uh, chair at the table and will give some marks so that you know where you are. It's good when you videotape it to see it after it with comments, remarks and marks. And uh, this is very helpful when you do this quite often before you start with your first competition after a longer period uh, of not having competitions because of corona or because of the season. Mm, mm. I think those tips are very good, the riding at home, especially the saying, right, today I'm going to ride at this specific time and just having someone there judge or something. But if we're going to ride then before the competition or before the test at the showgrounds, we're always going to have different horses, lazy ones, hot horses, and lots of them in between. They've all got their, you know, particular quirky nature. But how would we train before the test or the competition, and we're already at the showgrounds. Can you give us just some information, some tips about that and how we can improve those competition results? Yeah, although um, when we look uh, to, the, uh, to the answer of my question, uh, what I just said before that I said, when you uh, train at home, maybe you say tomorrow at 12 o'clock, I want to write the test and you know, okay, I need 45 minutes or I need 60 minutes or I need 30 minutes, then you get a feeling a little bit for the time you need. And this is a little bit a red line which you should use in, uh, on the showground. On the showground, you have to realize first, um, is, uh, is, uh, are you there, uh, are you just coming with your trailer and then start maybe two hours later or are you coming a day earlier and stable in and you have the chance to, to ride in the arena uh, um, where the show uh, takes place uh, that's important to know it before. And then I think it's very good when you have a clear plan what to do. And very important is that you uh, try to find out is my horse a lazy one and uh, or is it a hot one? If it's a hot one, you need more time, especially for 
um, the first part of um, the training where you um, yeah, train the horse so that the horse will be at the end well relaxed. That's very important, stretching the horse, riding a lot of um, transitions between trot and canter, canter and trot on a big circle line, ride with a longer rein so that the horse is able to stretch the whole body. This is very important to do it at the beginning, at least 10, 15 minutes at least. Uh, a lazy horse, you need not so much time because you need enough petrol in the tank when you want to compete later on with the horse. And horses who are hot, horses who often have a little bit more tension, horses who are not so easy to ride often need a little bit more time, especially um, for the first part when you try to relax the horse. Next, for the first part, uh, when you want to uh, give the horses a good suppleness yeah, and relaxation. So that's, for me, the key point. When you don't have this, then all the other exercises you are riding are useless. So therefore, the very first part, at least 15 minutes, are most important after having ridden about 15 minutes with a long rein in walk. So And then... After this, then you have to decide what level I have to ride. When you ride lower level classes, you have to ride easier movements. It's good when you ride all the movements which you have to ride in the test a little bit. Counter, canter, simple changes of leg, uh, certain times in trot, maybe in canter as well. It depends a little bit uh, of the level uh, on which you are, are competing. And then if you are on a higher level, then you write flying changes, then you write half passes in trot and in canter, and prepare this a little bit, always looking from the systematic point of view. Before you write, as an example, a half pass, it's good when you write a circle, a big circle and a smaller circle, so that you uh, get uh, flexion and bending, which is necessary for the horse. And then you write uh, first in the lateral work, shoulder in, which is a very, very important movement and uh, important cause way to ride straight, to give the horse a good straightness, which is very, very important. And um, the horses uh, who are straight are more obedient and the rider starts to ride more and more with his or her inside leg. That's very, very important. And what's, from my point of view, as well to get the feeling that you ride with your inside leg uh, good into the direction of the outside rein so that you start when you do this uh, at your horse in a good um, in a positive way to control your horse on, on in competitions and, and in the practice in the arena and later on in the, in the, on the showground um, yeah you need a good in a positive way control about the horse. And the horse has to be, I'm a word, is durchlässig. The horse has to be really supple and obedient. It's for me very, very important. Therefore, you have to write these kind of exercises and then you need a couple of minutes time to relax. Think about how the test to write. Remember the test that you don't write the test on the wrong way. And then, yeah, ready to start. And uh, then you are hopefully on one side relaxed. And you as a rider, you have to be 
uh, well relaxed as well, mentally and physically relaxed, then you are ready to give your relaxation and your own suppleness uh, yeah, via cell uh, under, uh, into your horse, and then the horse will hopefully be supple and relaxed and in a good concentration and in a positive way in a tunnel. You have to be in a tunnel, and the horse have to be in a tunnel, tunnel, then you both are focused uh, to come to the best level you can get on the level on which you are competing. Okay, okay. So thinking about that hold the warm-up and then we've had that relaxation, we've got the horse going. Just before then, we're about to go in and ride a test. Do we ride into the show ring, you know, immediately before the test start any different or how do we prepare just before we go into the test, we've already done all the warm-up, the horse has stretched, done his transition, he's, he's supple, he's obedient, he's ready to go. But just before we ride the test, how do we have to ride that a bit different, or do we? Uh, this is, uh, uh, depends that the rider has the opportunity um, to ride um, around the arena a day earlier or some hours before the competition. Or is the rider just coming into the ring uh, or around the ring uh, before uh, his or her own test. That makes a little bit of difference. Um, if he knows, the horse knows everything, that's a little bit easier. But if the horse doesn't know the situation, then it's very important that you ride with a younger horse, I think a little bit leg yielding, to bring the horse under your control, especially in front of the judges or where when there is a camera. Many horses are looking there very much. Um, and when the horses have a higher level and the rider has a higher level, then it's good to do exactly these kind of movements with shoulder in, so that you not not other not kind of movements, but uh, to get to get influence. It's very important that you use this minute, one and a half minute or maybe two minutes, to get influence and to give the horse in a positive way to bring the horse under your control or to have it still under your control and to bring the horse in a good concentration. That's it. And when the horse is looking, uh, the important is that you ask the horse has to go forward. Looking is no problem, but has to move and don't give the horse a chance to look maybe into the judge's box. It's better to ride leg yielding and or shoulder in in the way that the horse is not looking in the direction where a horse is afraid about something, no, you have to do exactly in the other way. Use the inside leg uh, and right shoulder in, in front of the, uh, the judge's box, and then this will help. And if and then there's a difference, if you have a lazy horse, it's good when you do rising trot and maybe lengthening some steps or uh, lengthening some canter some strides. And if you have a hot horse, then I think it's good when you ride a lot of shoulder in so that you ride more and more with your leg and less with your hands. That's for me very, very important. This is really good. I'm, um, I think the last chat that we did about the riders, I listened to it again and I visualised, you know, just closed my eyes, thought about it, thought about what should happen. And I think this is another one, Christoph, that people can listen to this close their eyes and go, right, this is what I'm going to do and listen to it a few times to say this is the way I want to ride my horse at that day. Stop. 
I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. What about the different parts of the test? You know, we've got lots of different movements within the test. Can you give us some hints on how to ride the different parts of the test? Yeah, although, um, I think it's, it's very good when you um, analyse the test. And um, in all tests, we start on centre line with a halt uh, most of the time, uh, most tests at X, halt at X. To be honest, that's a really difficult um, uh, exercise, especially when you come in into the arena in Kenta. This is something you have to train at home. And it's one of the most difficult um, exercises, and you have to train it because you have no nothing. Um, it's, you have no long side where as a wall, uh, you are. You need as a rider and the horse needs a really good self carriage and balance. Otherwise, it will not work. And then you have to ride smooth transition. So therefore, you have to practice it at home and to have to get a feeling how early I have to start to write the transition and how much pressure in a positive way uh, I have to use uh, or how, how I have to give my driving aids, I have to, how to, I have to use my driving aids so that I can start easily in a nice uh, trot with good cadence and impression and swinging and impulsion. So that's just as an example. And then I think it's very good um, when you know um, uh, what's the way? Um, uh, first of all, you, you have to know the way you have to write, and then to realize uh, what is, how do I prepare all these movements? As a second example, when I have to write a simple change of leg, and I have a, quite a young horse, then uh, you have to have the idea. Okay, I want to write uh, the test, not di- or in the test, not uh, directly from walk to canter, because when I do this, then I have to use my my reins and I have to stop the horse and I have to ride a little bit against the horse. But when I have in my my ideas the feeling I want to ride maybe the transition with one or two trot steps, then I have the possibility to do it with my driving aids instead of my, uh, my hands and using the reins. I do it with my leg and with my pelvis swinging into the trot and just with one or two steps and then I'm able to ride a smooth this way, a smooth into the walk. So therefore I always before I write the test to realize on which level I am as a rider, on which level my horse is, which level we are both and uh, we know we are not ready to ride a really true simple change of leg 
canter walk, then three to five steps walk, and then easy on a straight line into canter again. Uh, then I have to do the positive way, a little bit of compromise to make it uh, tasteful for the rider, uh, for the horse, excuse me, and to make it soft for the horse and to give the horse a good feeling. And then I hope the judges will say, okay, it was not perfect, but still a trained horse into the right direction. It's important that the rider, uh, with his riding, gives the judges the feeling that he or she is with her or his horse on the right way. That's very important. If there are some small details which are not perfect, then I think that's, that's not a, a major problem. And uh, to write smooth transition as an example, a smooth transition, that's, that's what's, um, what I think is very important. Or therefore, to realize what is possible and what is impossible. Example, when, I, when I'm not a top-class rider and my horse is young, then I have to realize I can't bring the very best, which is in general possible, but maybe I try to bring the very best what's for me with my horse today in this situation uh, the best I can get. It's the same thing with a short jumping rider. When, when, when the horse is not experienced, he can't ride as fast as possible. Then he's happy then to ride the horse on the correct line and maybe to get a clear round. But to ride fast is the next step, and it's similar in our dressage competition as well. So we've talked a little bit about analysing the test, preparing the different movements and the exercises, especially the exercises. But if we're going to go on now to the walk, the trot and the canter movements, how will we ride the difference, you know, between the walk to the trot and the canter, and what can we do there as well to just improve those results in the walk, trot, and canter? Yeah. Well, first of all, we have to realize that uh, the gates have to be in rhythm and that the rider uh, has to ride uh, the gates in the right tempo. You can have a, a proper walk, four-beat rhythm and walk, but you can ride the, the walk active, which is positive, or overactive fast, which is negative, or too slow. And the similar in the two-beat rhythm and trot, and similar uh, three-beat rhythm and canter, too fast and too slow. So that's important that you have that you get a feeling for this. This is what you have to train at home. And the second thing is when you don't ride the horse in the right tempo, in the right frequency. Uh, then you lose quality of the gait. For instance, in trot and canter, if you don't have the right tempo, you will not have a proper a long moment of suspension. Then maybe a short moment of suspension in trot. And then the quality of the trot, uh, which is uh, very important, that the horse swinging over the back, that the horse moves with his hind legs or her hind legs, from behind with a good swinging back. And when you have this feeling, then the horse has a quality trot. And the quality trot uh, with cadence, with impulsion, in a good rhythm, in the correct tempo, is important to write, for instance, lateral work, shoulder in, travers, half pass, as an example, or good circles, big ones, 
or five uh, or six and eight or ten meters circles. Therefore, that's very, very important. The better the quality of the gates, the better the exercises you have to run, the special movements uh, which are expected in the test. So, therefore, the rider has to have a special focus on the quality of his or her gates, the way that he or she is riding the, the, the gates. That's, for me, the secret of good riding tests. And many riders, and this is really very special, many riders, they think, okay, I have to ride a simple change of leg, I have to ride a pirouette and walk, or in Kent or something like this. And he's always training uh, these exercises at home. And it's okay, when I ride this, more or less, without mistakes, then it's good. And I say, no, that's still wrong. You have to ride your horse with good gates. And, and that's important. And the gates are the main point which you have to have in mind. And uh, quality of the, of the movement are important, but that's not the first point. That's the second or third point. And the better the gates, the better at the end of the day the exercises will be and the special movements will be. So therefore, I think a little bit of focus uh, which a rider has to have. First gates, then exercises. Okay. Now, last chat, we talked about foundational training for the rider. How important is it to practice these basics, you know, the rider position, but also some things like riding on the track and into the corners? We do that when we first start, but as we progress through the stages and um, going off into FEI level, these basics, how important, how to practice them, and um, just specifically about the position, riding on the track and into the corners. Yeah, first of all, the very first thing is what a rider has to learn to get a supple and a balanced position in the saddle. That's nothing you can learn in five weeks, and then you're ready, and then you ride. Never, ever. That is a, a lifelong uh, situation that you have to practice uh, your position. And I like very much at home longing lessons, and not just for beginners, but for everybody. And as an example from another sport, when you are a golfer, and golfers in Australia are very, very popular, and they are very, very good golfers. And a golfer, before he goes uh, to play 18 holes, he will go, and uh, this very, very often, on the driving range uh, to, to practice his uh, way of playing and to make it better. And this is something we can learn, as an example, from golf. They do this, and therefore I think um, what we riders have to learn is uh, to use the longing line and um, then do with stirrups, with short stirrups, without stirrup uh, longing lessons, and to learn to sit more and more into the horse's movement, swing with the horse, and uh, to use uh, the gates in a proper way. This is, for me, very, very important. Therefore, the highest goal is what we have to learn is uh, to school, schooling of the rider. And then the next thing is, yeah, how to ride on the track, how to ride into the corner. Each corner is a quarter of a six-meter circle. And this we have to realize that we ride good corners, that we ride corners with bending and flexion, that we ride corners um, uh, with a good guidance 
uh, of the outside rain and especially the outside lack of the rider and that the rider is sitting um, on the inside heat bone a little bit more weight uh, into uh, bring into the uh, inside stirrup. All these things have to be 100% drained into the right direction because uh, riding corners in the right way, riding in the right way on the track, uh, riding short sides in the right way. This is for me very, very useful and important to do it, uh, to ride later on a good half pass, ride later on good medium trot and so on. And as an example, when I started to judge in Germany, Dr. Heiner Klimke was still riding and I judged him very often in the 90s. But when I started in, late, in the late 80s, beginning of the 90s, uh, judging before I was in the International Dressage and Eventing Judge, I, I judged in the region where I'm living, and Anna Klimke uh, was living close to me. And when I saw him riding very ordinary horses, but he was a hero in riding corners, short sides, preparing everything. And if I wouldn't have known the test as a judge, to be honest, and when I saw Rainer Kipke riding corners at short sides before, for instance, a diagonal, I knew exactly what he wanted to do. Half passes, pirouettes, extended canter, flying changes every second stride. And he was a hero in preparing horses for the movements. And therefore, it's very important to have these small details under control um, yeah, to ride later on good um, exercises. That's a little bit of, of good riding. I love the way that you've just placed the importance on those basics. So riders position, just lifelong, you're trying to practice and improve all the time. But one thing that I didn't talk about, and this is after the test, so say we've finished the dressage test, is there a particular way we should ride after the test? They say if the you know, going through the practice ring or, or whatever, what, what can you tell us about riding after the test? First of all, we have to realize um, it's a true challenge for the horse and for the rider as well when we compete. And it's not necessary on which level the higher the level is, the bigger the challenge is. But uh, then I have longer training. But um, when I ride on lower level, it's a big challenge for the horse and for me as well. And it's not good after the challenge, uh, after the, the, the test, go out long range and uh, back into the trailer. No. You have to trot the horse, you have to canter the horse. I love it very much to do it in a light seat to give the horse a happy hour. That's for me very, very important, happy hour and um, nice, relaxing uh, situation. I think the situation should be very similar to the situation which you use, or which you practice in the beginning in, in the practice in the arena uh, before uh, when you start uh, um, Riding in the practice in the arena, it's, from my point of view, very, very similar. So therefore, you should do this for about 10 minutes and then long rain and then pet the horse. And then, yeah, then uh, you have to do all the other things. But you need this <coughs> uh, to, yeah, in a positive way to cool down the horse and to, to come back to a proper relaxation. That's for me uh, a way of 
yeah, riding horse friendly. Mm, and mm. Important uh, to do this. I think if um, you know horses that have that happy hour, they're going to have great memories. Then coming back to the competition area, thinking about that happy hour afterwards. Yeah. What about when we get home? You know, we want to evaluate the test. It'd be great if we've got someone videoing the test, but even the test sheets with judges' remarks and comments are going to be helpful. What's the best way to evaluate all this? Yeah, I think when I look in, in, in Germany, but I see it in international competition as well, the judges um, write um, test sheets. Now we have uh, paperless judging uh, very much in Europe. And in the U.S. as well, I don't know whether that's a practice in in uh, Australia as well. But um, nevertheless, with paper or without paper, important is that the rider looks into the test sheet and looks at the remarks and the marks of the right uh, of the judge. And when we have um, um, judges sitting, not just at sea, one judge, but when we have different judges sitting at different places, I think it's good when you look. Um, into the sheets uh, and don't look just, oh, who's the judge who had giving me the highest marks and say, ah, super, I'm a superstar. I think it's really good to look what are the judges who have a little bit maybe lower marks, uh, what did they write as a comment? And for I like it very much when a lot of comments, when you get a 6.5 with the comment, it's not very useful for the writer. But when you say, okay, more cadence or more straightness or more impulsion or um, better, more steady in the contact, then you know a little bit why the judge is not giving a seven, a seven, eight, a seven or eight or a higher mark. And that's very important. Therefore, I think when you are at home, it's important that you realize this and it is like a, a writing lesson for you without paying because then you learn a lot. And this is for me the red line for the training at home. When you uh, watch the, the video um, and looking to the judges' sheets, that's for me very, very educationally. And um, we have to realize, I think, uh, that the video is good, it's very, very helpful, but sometimes. The very good things are not as good as, uh, from my point of view, as good as uh, I realize it when I look at, when I see it live. And uh, things which are not so good um, uh, sometimes look better when you uh, see it on the screen uh, later on. That's just my personal experience. But to to do both, looking on the judges' sheets. And looking at the videotape, that's for me very, very helpful. And that's the red line, or should be the red line for the training between the competitions. Okay, okay. Now, just going on from that, we've had our evaluation of our previous test. Then how do we train after the test at home? Because we're doing another test. So we prepare for the next test. So, you know, in between tests, we've got the evaluation, we're training at home. What do we do and then prepare for the next test? Okay, it depends a little bit on which level I am. It depends um, uh, how much time I have from my competition this week and uh, to the next. Is this the next weekend or is it in one month or is it in half a year? This depends a little bit. And um, But as a red line, I think it's important 
that after the competition, I don't start to train special exercises again. I think normally it's good to do basic work for one or two or three days a little bit, and then start again to, to write some exercises, maybe exercises which haven't been so good in my last test, uh, so that I can repeat them and think about it. How is the, the system, which kind of methods I should use uh, to bring the horse exactly um, uh, to the level which I want? And uh, think about it when maybe, as an example, a simple change of leg. Um, then uh, maybe in the beginning I write uh, maybe five or six trot steps uh, between canter and walk and then try to reduce it oh, as, an, as just as a simple example so that you have a clear picture how you school uh, the exercises again to make the exercises better and always coming from a, a, an easier version to a more difficult version and always looking um, uh, from the basics work point of view that's important and then the next question is uh, do i have at next weekend or the next competition uh, exercises which i didn't add in my test um the weekend before and then um the question is i am able uh, to write these exercises properly or are these exercises which are a little bit weak as an example, flying changes when you had ridden in the test before counter canter and simple changes of leg. Next level is with flying changes. That's a huge step forward. Therefore, you have to be sure that your horse is accepting your aids for riding flying changes. So that's for me very, very important uh, that you have a clear picture and that when you have the clear picture into the in which direction I have trained and a clear idea and you have to be sure to have this idea and what uh, do i have trained to learn these kind of movements and these exercises and how i have to train it and this for me very important that i do this uh, systematically not just i do it no with a true clear systematic i have to do it uh, that's for me very very important Christopher, I listen to you, you know, just a simple topic like improving competition results and all of the myriad of it, the tips and the comments and everything else, the depth of knowledge. No wonder you've been so successful in the development of riders, horses, judges, trainers, coaches, you know, internationally. This has just been wonderful talking to you again. It's, it's been, you know, very good for me and I'm sure very good for our listeners. Now, Christoph, if people do need to contact you, what's the best way? Um, yeah, uh, no problem to contact me um, via my phone. You have my phone number. You can give it and uh, via uh, my my um, uh, email. I'm flexible and I love it to have contact uh, with the people. Though, therefore, um, you can give it to them. I'm totally open that people come into contact with me because I have to help. I'm I love to. Uh, to be in touch with horse people, with horse, with horse, horse lovers. And um, on all levels, I'm totally open for this. And therefore, you can give them my my details. My my best thing is, this is now my landline number. Uh, it's better to have my, my uh, cell phone 
my mobile and my my email address, both as possible. I, I'm and I try to answer quickly. Okay, then the other thing is too, if people are interested in contacting Christoph, just go to horsechats.com, search for Christoph or search for Hess. And you'll find those details. And yeah, very generous of you to come on Horse Chats and chat to us all about improving competition results, but also very generous of you if people would like to contact you if they've got questions or um, just need some assistance in some area. So thank you. And um, I look forward to catching up with you again. Yeah, thank you very much indeed. It's a pleasure uh, for me the day and the week begins. And I hope you will have a good evening in uh, Queensland, which is a lovely, lovely part in the world, in Brisbane, and all the best for all of you and all the best for all the cities, which I like very, very much. I was very, very often nine times in Australia, and it's always fun listening to your lovely English and getting your questions. And, yeah, all the best for you. Stay healthy and uh, enjoy your horses, and I hope you will all have a good competition season and then good luck. Okay, and you stay healthy as well, Christoph. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.